Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. To our church, I want to say welcome. I know that there's many walks of life. Every week at our church, there's people that are atheists, that are agnostic, that don't believe in God. There's new age people. There's people all all different backgrounds and walks of life. And I want to just say from the very beginning, we are so glad that all of you are here. We believe that God so loved the world, not just the church, but God so loved the the world, and He loves you right where you are. And I believe that He loves you so much that He'll meet you there, and He'll show you where He's at. And he'll start leading your life and guiding your life. And I really do believe that there's a couple guys in here that you feel like you're unreachable because you've done too much crazy stuff. You've done too many bad decisions. And I want you to know no one's outside of God's love today. If you're sucking air, it's not too late. Amen? But I'm, I'm excited you're here. Uh, Rashawn and I have had the privilege of pastoring this church the last three and a half years. God's done so many miracles, so many powerful things. And I really felt like today there's a couple of you that you have life-threatening diagnosis that God is going to heal. Yes. Mark, do you believe that everybody gets healed that you pray for? Nope. I've experienced the opposite, that not everybody gets healed. Yeah. But I've never let those that don't get healed stop me from praying for those that do get healed. And my personal theology is that why would you stop for some? Uh, why, why, why would you pray for none if God could still heal some? So our job is to pray and believe. God's job is to move and to heal. Obedience is our department. Come on, outcome is God's department. But the Bible said he's looking for faith. Amen? Anybody got faith in Orange County today? You're watching online. I'd say about 50% of this room has got some faith. That's good news. We only need two or three, so we're in good shape. Well, if you have your Bible today, we're starting a brand new series. I kind of uh, kicked it off Pentecost Sunday, two Sundays ago. And then I was in uh, Walnut Creek last Sunday in the Bay Area. Uh, I think it's one of the, the most charming cities of the Bay Area, but I would say, man, I would take the worst day in, in Orange County than the best day in the Bay Area. Can I get an amen to that? This is God's country. And so uh, I was up there, and my friend Tyler Johnson's doing a phenomenal job, Missions Church, if you're looking for a good church for any family up there, and uh, got to preach, but he goes, Mark, he said, I love teaching the Bible, I love preaching. He's like, but man, just let it rip today. I was like, all right, man, we're going to go along. <laughs> And God showed up, people got healed, set free, delivered, a bunch of crying eyes and beating hearts. It was just, it was a powerful Sunday, whatever beating hearts means. <laughs> Sounded better up here than I would embarrass myself. Um, but I'm excited you're here. If you have your Bible, uh, we're starting a series called The Promise. Say it with me, The Promise. I want to talk to you, in my opinion, is what is probably the most misunderstood parts of Christianity. I believe many people have a very... Uh, generic understanding. We see the cross. We, we all know Easter. We know Christmas. We know the nativity scene. We know, we know Easter scene. We know a, a couple, a three crosses on Golgotha. We see an empty tomb. We've heard about the resurrected Jesus. But many times our understanding of our faith, it ends with the resurrection. Maybe it ends with the ascension. When, he floats in, he, when Jesus floated into the clouds in Acts chapter 1, like David Copperfield, and two angels appear, and they said the same way you saw him leave, one day he's coming back. And we kind of stop there, and there's a lot of churches that they've seen abuse, they've seen weird when it pertains to any scriptures about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit we know is the third person of the Trinity. God is one God made up of three parts. He is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I am a father, I am a son, and I am a brother. I am one person with three distinct aspects. Just like a three-leaf clover has one clover with three unique, are you hearing me today? So I want to talk to you, in my opinion, on the most misunderstood part of God. And I'll tell you right now, if I was the devil, I would try to get Christians as scared of the Holy Spirit as I could. Because he knows that's the only part of the Godhead that lives inside of you today. He knows that's the only part of the Godhead that gives you the power to overcome your sin nature. He knows that those cowards called disciples were cowards until they were filled from power from on high in Acts chapter 2. If I was the devil, I would make Christians scared of the Holy Spirit too. And that's always what happens, unfortunately, in the, in the body of Christ, is someone abuses a truth 
and people circle around it and they scream, false, false, scary, scary. And people will run away from the entirety of the truth over one abuse of it. Are you with me today? So today I'm going to talk to you about the Holy Spirit. And if you're taking notes today, you can write this title down, The Holy Who. The Holy Who? That's how I wrote it in my head. Is The Holy Who? It's like when someone invites, uh, your, your wife says you're having dinner and someone's coming over to your house. And you're like, you're like Jack who? Yeah. Bill who? Yeah. Sarah who? And uh, I want to talk to you about the Holy Who today. Next week, I want to encourage you to come back because I'm going to go beyond just talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. And next week, I'm going to be talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I do believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for today. And I will prove it to you next week. If you come back, just come back with an open heart. And if you want to have a good time, show up next week. If you want to be the cover girl for the Book of Lamentations, you can stay home and watch online. <laughs> Praise God. We're going to have a good time. But get your Bible, Acts chapter 19. If you're there, say, I'm there today. Acts 19 is where we're turning, reading about a well-known uh, Bible leader, teacher, apostle, uh, church father. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. His name is Paul. He was a former terrorist by the name of Saul of Tarsus. He was a religious fanatic. He crucified or he, he, he condemned. He, he actually consented of the death of Christians before. This would be a modern-day miracle of a basic terrorist in ISIS becoming a lover and an advocate of Jesus Christ. It was, a, it was a miracle. And so Paul, we see here, gets radically converted to Christianity. He has an encounter with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 9. He starts going on these missionary journeys. And on his journey, he goes to a prosperous city like Orange County called Ephesus. Say it with me, Ephesus. Let's pick up reading here. I'm going to read just about uh, nine verses. I'm going to pray. And everything I talk about after uh, I pray is connected to these nine verses so let's pay attention real quick for a minute here. Are you all ready to go today? I want to encourage you to take notes. Paper doesn't forget. Harvard says you marry better looking people if you take notes in church. It's not true. Might be true if you watch Christian television. Uh, but we'll take notes today. If you hear something good, you can say amen. Everybody ready? Acts 19, it happened while Apollos was at Corinth. Then Paul, having passed through the upper regions, he came to Ephesus. Where did Paul get to? He found some disciples there. Now, I want to just point your attention here. These were not atheists. These were not non-believers. Paul shows up to a city like Orange County, and he finds people like us that were disciples. And so he gets there at Ephesus, finding some disciples, and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? I'd like to stop for a minute. I always appreciate the comic factors of the Bible. If you read other translations, it says the first thing that Paul said when he got to Ephesus, when he met disciples, was, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, can you imagine that modern day, you don't know my name yet, but we meet first time, we hey, hey, have you received the Holy Spirit when you believed? <laughs> Paul was all in, man. Paul was on a mission. It's like, we don't have time for these small little petty games. Have you received the Holy Spirit? And these disciples, their eyes get big, and they're like, uh, we, we have not even so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Who went to that church growing up? Don't raise your hands. We didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. My pastor avoids Acts and anything in the, in the book of Corinthians about the Holy Spirit. We didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. And Paul was like, well, then into what baptism were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. John the Baptist. We'll keep going. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them. Number one, why do we lay hands on, on Sundays when we pray at the end of the service? Because throughout the Bible, when men and women laid hands on people, good things happened. And it says they laid hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they spoke, here's where it gets crazy, with tongues. That freaks you out. Go back to two weeks ago's message. I kind of laid a foundation. And they didn't just speak in tongues. Everywhere in the New Testament, when people got filled with the Spirit and they spoke with tongues, there was also a prophetic unction. They began to prophesy. What is prophecy, Mark? It's the ability to hear God's voice. They began to prophesy. 
Now, when the men that were there, there were about 12 of them that had this happen to them. And he went into the synagogue. They went immediately into the church and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the kingdom of God. We'll stop there. But I do believe that one of the things that happens when you have an encounter with the third person of the Trinity, he's not the third because it's the third important part of the Trinity. He's the third part of the Trinity because... Because God gave his son, the son gave the spirit, and the spirit gave, gave, gave his life to the church. And that's the part of the God that lives inside of believers today. Y'all ready to go today? We're going to pray. I want to just let you know that in this series, I'm talking and teaching. I do this every year. I teach about the Holy Spirit, the most misunderstood part of the Godhead. And I want to just let you know, if you get weirded out at any point during this series, I want to inform you that you are weird because I am not weird. Amen? So that's on you, not on me. Are you guys ready to go? Father, we love you. We honor you. Would you meet us here today? I pray that we would leave with a clearer understanding, a greater revelation, and that we would no longer be, Lord, unknowing or, or ignorant about the gifts, about the person, about, Lord, the relationship that's available for all of God's kids to the Holy Spirit. We invite you to have your way today, Lord Jesus, through your Holy Spirit. In your name we ask and we pray. And everyone at Ocean's Church that's, that loves the Lakers, come on, say amen. Amen. Next season, Lord, do what you can. Do what you can. I'm, a, I'm 38 years old. 38. I always forget. I think you get past a certain age and you're like, you start forgetting. I've had entire like six-month periods that I've told people the wrong age. Because you just stop caring at some point. You're like, okay, I'm old now. Apparently, I'm pretty old. Uh, but I'm 38. I know I'm not old. I know I'm young. Some of you are like, you're too young, and I don't even know why I go to this church because you're so young. It's because the early apostles, they were young too. That's why you like this church because they were all in their 20s and 30s when, you, when they started writing these things down and started doing these great things. But I was thinking about this. Uh, I'm old enough to know uh, some of the old things about our, our last generation, but I'm young enough to kind of understand some of the new technology as well. Uh, I'm kind of in that in-between window as a millennium, uh, m- millennial. <laughs> Millennium Falcon. <laughs> um, my, uh, I remember being a kid. My grandma lived in L.A. in Eagle Rock, and I remember she had a tube television. Is there anybody that old enough to remember tube televisions? I, I remember she had black and white televisions. It, she had one in her house. It was like a TV and a dresser and like a dining table. All in one. It, like, took up the entirety of the living room. Like, that TV took up as much space as the couches. This massive beast that had a tiny screen inside of this huge wooden cabinet. I remember these TVs in the early days. They didn't even have remote controls. I remember when remote controls started getting popular. I was grateful. Because before the remote controls were invented, I was the remote control. Mommy used to smack me on the head and said, channel eight. I would have to get up. I would have to turn the dial on the front of the television to eight. Are you following me today? I remember, like, I remember having to turn the physical dials, no remote controls, black and white television, early color television, terrible TVs, screens that were tiny, and TVs that were huge. I remember this era. Some of my earliest memories, I was probably five, six years old, I remember my grandma used to always love watching Christian television. Anybody have a grandma that loved Christian television? She just loved it. There was a couple stations she was always on back in the day. And I remember every Christian station that talked about the Holy Spirit, there was one of two extremes. When they talked about the Holy Spirit, women on those channels either wore no makeup Or they had a Mac store on their face. I'm like, my gosh. What a tough situation. What a tough predicament being a woman. If you believe in the Holy Spirit, you either got to go no makeup or all makeup. There is no middle ground. I remember growing up, I would hear about the Holy Spirit. My grandma went to a Holy Spirit type of church. People say, Mark, is this church Baptist? Is this church Pentecostal? Is it charismatic? I would say I went to a Baptist church for a season of my life. I went to a 
charismatic church for a season of my life, went to a Pentecostal church, a season of my life, but we are a non-denominational church, which means we're not on any of their sides. We're here to take over. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's what we're trying to do. It's a little bit of both. Bapticostal. And uh, I believe this, that God actually, God actually has this kind of this, this PR issue right now in the world that many people are kind of scared of the third person of the Holy Spirit. I know it's Father's Day, but my conviction is, is that the only one that can heal your heart is the one that made it. Many people have father wounds, and they have no way of fixing the wound in their heart caused by their father. Some people have absence fathers. Some people have bad examples as fathers. But I believe this, that it is the Father in God that gives us his spirit that we cry out, Abba, Father. It's the spirit of God. And I believe that like all good dads, God's favorite thing to do is to give gifts. And his favorite gift to give his kids is his Holy Spirit. There's a problem, though, because we live in a day and age, especially in the church world, that there's been so much bad teaching, misinformation about the Holy Spirit, that you go to a church that's supposedly Holy Spirit-filled, and you got crazy people, you got more shofars than civics in the parking lot, you got banners, you got, you got six, 16-hour-long services, you got Sister Bertha up on the organ, you got a preacher talking and clearing his throat after every sentence, and the Lord said, ah. And the, and, and, the, and the sad truth is, you go to these churches, you're like, God is here. But this is also pretty strange. It's kind of weird. And I really felt like, because of that, many people have this kind of, especially the, the intellectual, the academic world, even if we somehow believe theologically in the third person of the Trinity, we kind of carry with it this idea like, the Holy Spirit stuff is probably good, but only in small doses. You just don't want to get carried away with some of that stuff. Basically, we're saying that we'll crack the door a few inches so that the Holy Spirit can put his foot inside, but we would be scared to let him all the way in. Many people in the world today, they kind of treat the Holy Spirit like he's a weird uncle that shows up once a year with crazy, inappropriate behavior. The one that you can't help being related to, but you don't want to mention his name or send him a Christian card hoping he won't come back. As though we don't trust him to behave himself. How insulting have we been to think that the third person of the Godhead, I would remind you the part of the Godhead that filled Jesus Christ. The Bible says, you know why Jesus went into the wilderness? To get filled with the Holy Spirit and to overcome the enemy. He was baptized, the Spirit came on, on like a dove, and the first assignment of the Holy Spirit was, let's go beat the devil up in the desert. And it says this, that the Holy Spirit was full of Jesus, and Jesus was full of the Spirit, the second way I said it. And notice this very, very important thing is people say, Mark, the Holy Spirit that I've, I've seen in people, he's weird. But I would argue that we know definitively that the Holy Spirit does not make people weird. And here is our case study this morning, Orange County, that Jesus had more of the Holy Spirit than any human being that's ever lived. And guess who adored him? Kids. Kids loved Jesus. Parents, back me up here today. Your kids know weird people. Your kids can sniff weird people out two miles away. We went, I took my daughters to downtown LA. She's like, Dad, danger, danger, danger to the left, danger to the right. My, my seven-year-old's like, Daddy, why are they so strange? I'm like, shh, don't point. Stop pointing. You're going to get me beat up. <laughs> Kids know when someone's off. Are you hearing me today? Orange County, hear me today. So if they're literally, the disciples are having to almost create a barricade to keep the little kids from coming to Jesus. How not weird was Jesus? Good spot for an amen right there. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit, the biggest problem we have with him is we don't realize that he is a person. If you read John 14, John chapter 15, and John chapter 16, Jesus talking, who likes Jesus? 
Oh, everybody in the church loves Jesus. He's like the prom king. Everyone loves God the Father. He's like grandpa. Like, oh, we love grandpa, father God. Father God, yeah, father God. Father God, father God. But you say the Holy Spirit, like, whoa, settle down that, the Holy Spirit stuff. Let's focus more on Jesus. As though they're competing entities. As though they're on three different franchises. As though it's like God the Father, that's like the Bulls, and Jesus is like the Lakers, and the Holy Spirit's like the Warriors. Like, we can't, this is all, like, they're on different, they're like different leagues. Listen to me. They're one God. Triune is the word, theologically. That they are one, but they are three separate entities in one. And it's like they all adore each other. They're all like, no, you're the best, Jesus. He's like, no, you're the best, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, no, Father, you're the best. The Father's like, no, Jesus is the best. Are you hearing me? But we have this taboo. We have this weird ideology that we think the Holy Spirit, because our old King James versions say the Holy Ghost. So, like, that sounds spooky. The Holy Ghost. Ghosts are like what I had bad dreams about growing up. Can we just change the vernacular on that? The Holy Spirit? That sounds a little better. Still kind of spooks me out a little bit. What's the Holy Spirit? It's the breath of God. It was the breath, it was the pneuma that put life into Adam's lungs. And God formed him out of the dirt, the dust of the ground, the dirt of the ground, and he breathed in him the breath. The pneuma, the, the ruach is the Hebrew word. The breath of God, the spirit of God. I will draw your attention to this, that the Holy Spirit is the part of God that's loud, that's brave, that's bold, and that has signs and wonders that are following. Notice the difference in personalities. Jesus comes onto the scene humbly, unknown, in the middle of the night, with no one knowing about it except some shepherds in a field that saw an angelic choir, and he came quietly at night. Not the Holy Spirit. He showed up with guns blazing, pistols drawn. There was a sound in all of the city that everyone heard. Everyone came out. They said it was like tongues as of fire. Sat on the, the heads of these disciples. And my greatest argument of why we need to be bold about who the Holy Spirit is today is because the world is getting more and more like Rome. And the more society looks like Rome, the more Christianity has to look like the early church. The early church was in a dark civilization. They called Christianity in the ancient world the moral antiseptic of cities. Somehow when the Spirit of God broke out, morality rose. People stopped cheating on their spouses. People started paying their taxes. People stopped going to the clubs. People stopped, are you hearing me today? Somehow the Holy Spirit made people holy. And today we have big churches full of buildings, full buildings that are expanding with moral decrepitcy. Because we have a gathering, but we don't have the ghost. We have the name of Jesus, but we don't honor the spirit of Jesus. And I would tell you that it's very possible to see a resurrected Jesus Christ and say, I believe that he is the son of God. I believe that he got out of the grave. You know why? Because 380 did in Acts chapter 2. 380 saw him with their own eyes. 380 saw him walk the earth for 40 days. 380 heard him say, go to Jerusalem, pray in that prayer meeting until you receive the promise. But you know what happened 2,000 years ago? The same thing that happens in Orange County today. I want a Jesus that I'm comfortable with. 500 solemn, only 120 in the upper room. You know what happened to 380? They wanted a Christianity that was only a part of their life. And when the Holy Spirit baptizes you, he submerged every ounce of who you are. Your personality gets submerged. Your habits get submerged. Are you hearing me today? When the Spirit of God gets a hold of you, it changes you from the inside to the outside. All these misnomers, though. People are scared. They don't realize that he's a person. And here's the issue. If you don't see him as a person, here's the, here's the punchline. You will never know the Holy Spirit personally. You know why some of you don't know the Holy Spirit? Because you think he's a force. You think he's like some Star Wars George Lucas concoction. He's not the force. He's not an it. He is a person, and he is God. Notice Ananias and Sapphira, Acts chapter 5, that scary chapter we don't like to talk about. It says Ananias lied to, he lied to the Holy Spirit. And Peter said, oh, you made a mistake. You done made a mistake. You done did it, Aaron. You made a mistake. 
He said, you didn't lie to men. You lied to God. He dropped dead. New covenant. After the resurrection, no, that like, that fear of God stuff, we don't even got to be scared of God in the Old Testament. No, we revere God always. And I'll tell you, you know why that happened? Because the greater the revelation of God is in a city, the higher he holds us to higher standards. And the reason why they dropped dead is because they knew better to mess with him. And they're the ones that intentionally crossed the lines. When Orange County goes into this next great revival, we're going to see things like we saw in Acts. And some of them will be, you do not want to lie to the Spirit of God. We will not test. You can lie. Look, you've got a lot of people. You cannot lie. Are you hearing me today? To the Spirit of God. And so, uh, I don't know, I feel something in this service so important here is that people today, and I want to be very honest, there's churches, great churches teaching the Bible. And by the way, we never throw rocks at anybody because they don't teach what we teach. If you're teaching this book, you're leading people to Jesus, we will not throw rocks at you. Can I get an amen, everybody? Having said that, this is my conviction, is that you can live your whole life in your Christian walk with God and never have the gifts of the Spirit. And I'll be honest with you, that's very unfortunate. But I will say this, that missing out on friendship with the Holy Spirit on a personal level, that is not unfortunate. That is tragic. Because the Holy Spirit is the part of God that dwells in you. He's the part of God that actually yearns to know you. He's the part of God that whispers in your ear. He's the part of God that leads your steps, guides your thoughts. He's the one that gives you dreams and visions. He's the one that gives you the ability to pray. He's, are you hearing me today? He's the one that convicts you. He says, don't do that. Don't say that. Don't go there. He tells you what's coming before it shows up. That's the spirit of God. And he's the part of God that brings the power of God. Acts 1.8 says you will receive power when what? The Holy Spirit comes upon, not them, but you. And I'll tell you right now that the church in the end days isn't going to be a church that doesn't teach the Bible. He doesn't warn in Timothy, hey, in the last days, people are going to have, uh, not, there's not going to be any great music. Doesn't warn that. Doesn't say they're going to have a form of godliness, but deny great lights. Deny great uh, songs. Deny great church buildings. They said the last days, here's the, here's the warning to the last days church. In the end days, they're going to gather, but they're going to deny the power. They're going to deny the power. You know who the power is? The Holy Spirit. And you know why? Because you're going to let someone that has no fruit of the Spirit in their life tell you that he doesn't exist anymore. I would tell you right now, don't buy anything from anybody that they don't smoke themselves. And if you don't have the fruit of the early apostles, don't tell me what's right and what's wrong. If you're living like Peter, James, and John, I'll listen to what you have to say. The problem in America today is, is we have seminaries that are teachers but not practitioners. And we're theorizing our faith instead of living it out. Feel something up in here today. We got to get the power of God back in the church today. And I want you to know on Father's Day that the Father's gift to you is saying, I will fill you with my spirit. And when I do, number one, you will know my voice. Do you know the birthright of every believer? It's to know the voice of your father. John 10, five times it says, my sheep know my, they hear my voice, they recognize my voice. Five times talks about the shepherd speaking and the sheep hearing the voice. And people say, Mark, how do you hear the voice of God? I'll tell you the number one way you hear his voice. You read the Bible. Do you know the Bible is the only book ever written to be read with the author every time? Every time I read this book, this book was written by men that were full of the It was the Holy Spirit that wrote this book. It was the Holy Spirit that compiled this book. It was the ideas of the Spirit of God that put it down. And if he knows it better than anybody else knows it, why would you read it with anybody else? Many people, they don't know the Spirit. They don't know the Word. And when you don't know the Word, guess what? The Holy Spirit can't bring to remembrance what you've never read. Jesus said the Holy Spirit's coming, and he'll remind you of all that I've said. Here's a problem in North America. No one knows what he said. So you're like, Lord, I'm going to pray right now. I'm going to say something for you right now. Uh, What should I say? And he's like, you gave me no bullets to shoot. You've memorized no scriptures. 
You never read this book day and night. You want good success without meditating on it. Bible says you got to meditate on his word day and night, and you will have good success. We live in a world that worships success, but we dishonor God's word, which is why you can have money but not meaning in your life. I love you. I love you. Come on. I love you. I'm just telling, trying to tell you the truth today. We know the Bible. It was written about him. It was written by him. It was written for him, and it was written to get into you. I believe the way that we get to know the, the Holy Spirit personally. By the way, he's a person. How do you know? Because people have personalities. The Holy Spirit has a personality. Do you think he has a will? Paul said, I was forbade by the Holy Spirit to go into Samaria. They ended up going there eventually, but that moment the Holy Spirit said, nope, I don't want you to do that today. When was the last time you disagreed with the Holy Spirit? And I would say there lies a truth. If you don't ever have those moments, the Holy Spirit's like, give this amount, and you're like, no, that's, that's not you. That's surely the devil. I've learned that the devil never wants me to be generous at church. That's God. When you hear the Holy Spirit say, I want you to share your faith. I want you to share the message today on your social media. You're like, no, I got friends that might like get weirded out, or they might like throw rocks at me, or I might, I might lose some money or some business if people found out I'm really a Christian. People might... I don't, want my, I don't want my friends to know I'm a Christian. Listen, if your friends don't know that you're a believer, I want to make an announcement today. You're not a believer. There's no 007s in the kingdom of God. How do you know? Because Jesus said, if you don't acknowledge me before men, I will never acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. If you're not bold in front of men, God's not going to be bold in heaven in front of you. I care less, man, what men think about me. You throw rocks at me. You tell your, you can write your little dirty blogs from your mom's basement about me. That's fine. I'm telling you that I, I, will, I will give an account to God one day. Jesus said, don't be scared of the people that can kill your body and do nothing to your soul. Fear the God that has eternity. All right. Feel some of the fear of the Lord up in here today. It's like John Bevere's been hanging out in here. I don't know what's going on. Write this down. A couple benefits today. I want, I want you to write this down. I believe that these are some of the things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in us. Is He wants to first and foremost, as, as sons, as daughters, He wants to remind Orange County that it's the Spirit of God that dwells within you. Yes. Do you know many of you are like, you pray these prayers externally. God, you're out there. God, please see from where you're sitting. Out there in the cosmos at my predicament. And we have this very, very uh, non-biblical view that God is way on the outside, so we have to yell really loud so he hears us. And we got to make sure we like get a magnifier on speakers so that he really can kind of catch what we're trying to say to him. And we almost believe that God is somewhere far out there. But the Bible teaches that when Jesus died on the cross, the veil of the temple ripped down. And it ripped. Why was that important? Because before the temple veil ripped, the presence of God lived behind the veil. And when Jesus died on the cross, he was saying, all right, now everyone has full access. It's not just for priests, for Levites, for, for special pastors that have big churches. Now anyone that wants to call on my name can have my glory live behind their veil. Spirit of truth, John 14, 17 says this, that the spirit of truth, the world cannot receive him because they don't see him and they don't know him. But you know him. For he dwells with you. Watch what Jesus says. The Holy Spirit will be in you. Yes. You know, some of you, you have the Spirit of God living inside of you. And I wanna, I'll make this clear in the weeks to come. I believe the moment you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is God, the Holy Spirit moves inside of you. But being full of the Spirit's omnipresence and then having a manifest presence moment that you get overwhelmed and you get a prayer language and the Spirit of God submerges you with His Spirit like water did when you got baptized. That's different than praying the sinner's prayer. Are you following me today? And, and so that's, I'll talk more about that in future weeks, but I, I believe this, that He dwells with you. Uh, Stace can come up on the keys, I'm almost finished. Number two, say it with me, guide you. I don't know about you, man, but I need to be guided in all truth. Jesus said, hey, when he comes, the spirit of truth, he's going to guide you into all truth. He's not going to speak of his own authority. What he hears me speak, he's going to tell you. You know what the Holy Spirit loves to do? He loves to remind you about who Jesus is and what Jesus said is true about you. 
So many people have these crippled identities because they don't know what God says about them. And I think today one of the things God wants to do, some of you had no example and some of you had bad examples. And I believe that today if you let him, the Holy Spirit will come as a gift from the Father and he'll start teaching you how to be a man in God's sight. Feel like the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. And he won't just do that. You know what I love the Holy Spirit? One of my favorite things that he does is there's moments I don't know what to pray, but he always does. He has this direct phone line to the Father, to the Son, because they're one. And Romans 8, 26 says, when you don't know what to pray, guess what? Paul writes this, the Holy Spirit will pray through you. He'll pray with utterances and groanings that maybe your English mind doesn't get, but the Spirit of God will pray through you like a fax machine. You might be making those weird noises. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Even though you don't get it, the Spirit of God has the technology inside of him to interpret on the other side. And what sounds like weird noises to you and me is clear pictures to God. So cool. Last week, two weeks ago, we had a young kind of hip-hop star in our church. He's like, Mark, I, I, I heard about the Holy Spirit. always kind of freaked me out, kind of scared me. He's like, but I know you. You're not weird. So I trusted you. So at the end of the service when you said, you can receive this if you want it, I just stepped out. You said that I'd either get a word or a syllable or I'd see something just to say it in faith. And he goes, honestly, Mark, I'm being really honest with you today. He goes, I was freaked out. He said, it was almost like I didn't want, I didn't want, I, I, it was like over my head. I didn't want it to go over my head. I couldn't wrap my head around it. He said, I saw this word. It started with a B. It had two dots above this, like O or U. And he goes, I saw it vividly. And you said, whatever you see, just speak it out. So he goes, I spoke it out. And he said, I felt the presence of God come over me. And then he said, after I start, uh, you know, stop, I think he's emotional. He said, I looked on my phone. He said it was a Danish word. And the Danish word literally means to have water go all the way up to your chin, but not go over your head. Does it happen like that every time? No. But does God validate that this is his word? Without question. When a 70-year-old guy been a Christian for decades, get filled with the Holy Spirit two weeks ago in our church, changed his life, changed his life. People say, Mark, I don't believe in that. Well, that's fine. You won't receive it because you have to believe. That's why Luke 11, what's it say? Our Father in heaven, the Lord's prayer. Then it says, hey, be persistent with your prayers like a woman needing something at night. And then right after that, it says, about verse 13, 12, it says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your kids, ask, seek, knock, and your Father will give you the Holy Spirit. You know that famous passage, ask and you will receive, seek and you will knock and the door will be context, asking for the Holy Spirit. So here's what I want to say to those that didn't get filled yet in our church. Well, I prayed one time, it didn't happen, so it's not real. Well, I prayed for people to get healed before, and they didn't get healed the first time. So you know what I did? I prayed again. Why, don't, why would you do that? Well, if it was your son or daughter, would you pray again? What kind of attitude would we have? I, I, I don't, it just bothers me in Orange County. Would you go to the gym one time and be like, well, I didn't get a six-pack? Stupid F45. I'm not going back. I should have a six-pack. I sweated for 45 minutes. It's false advertising. Like, like Mark Wahlberg's the guy on their commercials. I should look like Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Clarify. <laughs> We're in trouble. We're in trouble. Sometimes when it doesn't happen the first time, you got to knock again. Naaman dipped seven times. Noah kept building, didn't build the boat in a day. Sometimes you got to keep on keeping on. Come on, somebody. That's a Joe Dirt line right there. That's a good Sunday at Father's Day. You're welcome almost finished is the Holy Spirit he wants to pray through you he wants to be your helper John 15 26 says the helper will come Jesus said I'll send him to you from the Father the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father and he will testify of me the helper will come you know what the Holy Spirit likes to do help you know what our generation needs the youngsters need we have a generation that's been over mothered and under fathered That's why prisons 
Mother's Day, they run out of cards. Father's Day, no one sends anything. Most people incarcerated never had a dad. And one of the things that the heart of God does, he says, I'm going to give you my spirit because I'm going to be the father that you never had. And I want you to know today, I just feel like that we're in a vein today. There's someone in here, you will never out-success that validation. There is an approval that only God the Father gives his kids. That's why he says when you enter into the pearly gates, well done, good and faithful servant. You're my son in whom I delight. I want you to know the Father validates the son. I don't know why I just feel like prophetically, I'm going to go here for just a second. You know what we do as fathers when we get validated by God? We start carrying authority in our own families. I want to remind you that there's an authority on fathers that is special. I want to remind you that there's times when you try to curse something that fathers can break the curse. I remember the story of Rachel. Rachel's giving birth to Benjamin. She's going to die in the conception. And she names him Benoni, which means son of my pain. And she tries to speak a curse over, over, uh, over Jacob's last son. And Jacob walks in with a limp. And he says, you're not going to curse our kid's future. And you know what his father did? He changed his name. He said, no, you're not going to be the son of pain. You're not going to live a painful life. You're going to be the father of kings. Do you know that every major king in Israel came from Benjamin? That father took authority over the curse in that bloodline. And I believe that's what we do today as fathers under the unction of the Spirit of God is we say, my son is blessed. My daughter is blessed. My wife, she's blessed. And the devil tries to get us to compete like, like men are better than women and women aren't as good as men. Listen to me, we have equal significance to God. But hear me, just because we're equal does not mean there's not uniqueness. Our anatomy is unique. We live in this day and age where we're scared to tell the truth. We, are the, we, we, we matter the same to God, but we have unique purposes. I don't read anywhere in the patriarchs that, that Rachel or Rebecca or Sarah, she was the one blessing the kids. There was a unique role, but you better believe she was the one raising those boys up. Are you hearing me today? Equal significance, unique role. Yeah. The Holy Spirit will comfort you. He said, I'll pray to the Father. I'll give you another helper. He'll, be, he'll abide with you forever. John 14, 16. He'll, he'll show you things to come. How cool would it be if God told you to do something and he knew that two weeks from now, if you don't do it, it's going to be bad. But if you do do it, it's going to be game changer. I have a business friend, makes a ton of money, lives in Texas. Every year he gets away for two days, three days, once or twice a year. And he just spends time with God. He has a construction business. And this guy literally, he gets ideas when he's with God for his business. He says, I'm not a, I'm not a brilliant guy. I just get, I get along with God. And he speaks to me, and I do what he tells me to do. Kind of reminds me of a guy in our church who gave a bunch of money a couple weeks ago to our building fund out of his stock portfolio. He told me afterwards, he goes, Mark, if I would have ignored God in that moment, he said, I would have lost a ton of money. Because that stocks, as you guys, you guys know about the stock market? This guy obeyed the voice of God. He looks brilliant. He's like, man, I gave way more than I would have given three weeks later because I obeyed the, the timing of God. It's not just with money. It's with every area of your life. We want to be a church that says, Holy Spirit, show us what's coming before we get there. It reminds me of January of 2020. I was in a prayer time during our prayer and fasting, and I saw a picture of San Juan's church with a tent like this one in our parking lot. I don't know why, I'm like, God, we have a building, we have air conditioning, you know, it's like, it's hot sometimes, and I saw a tent in our parking lot, and I told Rochelle in January, I said, I don't know why, babe, but in January, I, I said, today, I saw God show me a picture of San Juan's campus turning our parking lot into our auditorium and turning our building into our kids' wing, and God said we could grow, and she's like, that's cool, I'm like, well, I don't think it's for right now, but whatever, I'll just, I'll put it in my pocket. And when 2020 came, and, and uh, when, when Gavin, uh, Saint, or Gavin Newsom, um, bless the Lord, when, he's, when, when he shut us down the second time, 
He's like, you can't meet inside anymore. I'm like, all right, we'll meet outside. God spoke to me, showed me what we had to do. We already bought the tents before anybody else. Do you know we were the first church to buy tents in Southern California? Because God showed us before we got there. Last thing, he'll fill you with power. He'll fill you with power. There's a lot of frustrated Christians trying to live like Jesus without his spirit. And I don't think there's anything that makes defeated Christians more than trying to live in the spirit without the spirit. Trying to walk in the spirit without honoring the Holy Spirit. And truthfully, you know why you don't walk with him? Because you grieve him. You know what grieves the Holy Spirit? Lying. If you read Ephesians 4, we'll talk about the coming weeks. Lying, greed. There's so many things that we do daily. It, some people do daily that we're going through whether it's rage, anger, unforgiveness going to sleep angry there is, there's a list in Ephesians 4 it says do not grieve say with me, grieve hear me very clear, we're going to land grieving is when you do something that causes fellowship to end like when you're in grief when a family member dies you know why you're grieving? because your fellowship has ended you know why people you shouldn't grieve the Spirit of God because you stop having fellowship with Him. And I'll tell you when it gets easy to sin. It gets easy to sin when you grieve the Holy Spirit. That's why the first time you say something audacious, you're like, beep, 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 beep. First time you said it, after you came to Jesus, you're like, felt kind of dirty saying that. Second time you said it, you're like, oh, not a big deal. Third time you said it, like, whatever, I don't care. Fifth time, you're just numb. I believe that one of, the, one of the reasons why we get into dark lifestyles is because we don't honor the sensitivity. Let me ask you a very honest question today. If the Holy Spirit loved you enough to guide your life, but He was going to call you to a higher road, would you be willing to let Him change you? Or would you rather grieve Him and keep living like you're currently living? I'm just saying, you live however you want to live. You can honor whatever you want to honor, but I'm telling you, in heaven, the life you won't regret is the one that you've honored the Holy Spirit. And I'll be honest, man, I feel like I need to apologize to God on the behalf of Orange County for saying that we love the Father and we honor the Son, but we don't really want the Holy Spirit. Father, forgive our land for trying to push you out. Forgive us for thinking that we can do church without the Holy Spirit's power. Forgive us for thinking that signs, wonders, and miracles could ever come by just declaring Jesus and not honoring His Spirit. Holy Spirit, forgive our land for thinking that we could be a church like Acts without the Spirit that was in Acts. God, come, and come again to this land. Would you be favor all over the room? Would you stand quietly at your feet? I'm finished. I want to pray. Would you say this prayer today? Would you say, Holy Spirit, would you forgive me? For grieving you. Anything that I've said, anything that I've done that's hurt you, forgive me. I want you more than anything else. So come now, fill me up. In Jesus' name. How many feel like the Lord is just kind of speaking to you today that you want to you want to personalize your relationship? The Holy Who? Yeah, the Holy Spirit. He's a person, He's got feelings. He has a will. He has desires. He has ambitions for your life. He has moods that he goes into for your for your life. We want to honor the Holy Spirit. How many would aren't come on Ocean's Church today? Say, Mark, I want to welcome the Holy Spirit all the way into my life. Would you just lift your hands today? You say, Mark, this is an outward sign that I want to welcome the Holy Spirit. Hands up all over. Put both up in the air like you mean it. Come on. Not half-hearted. Not halfway in. I want everything that Jesus died to give. Come on, let's get hungry. Come on, last five minutes of this service. Let's get hungry one time. Let's get hungry one time. Let's get hungry. Come on, he's here.
Lord inviting today, saying, men and women alike, are you ready for a new identity? Are you ready for me to, to come in as a father and validate your destiny? Do you want to hear those words that you are my child, you are my son, I'm going to give you my spirit, and something deep inside you is going to cry out, Abba, Father. I pray right now, Lord, for every addiction, every, every generational proclivity, call it a generational curse, the iniquities of future fathers, past fathers. I pray in Jesus' name that, God, you would do a new thing today. I, I pray in Jesus' name. I, I feel it right now. Something's breaking loose today off of families. Hear me. When, when men make a decision, 93% in almost those, all those situations, the entire family goes all the way in. So I just feel strong today. We're going to do this as we close. If you're here today, you go, Mark, I'll be very honest with you today. I've either, number one, not given my entire life to God. I've given him 50% of my heart, 20% of my life, 5% of who I am. I've given him 95%, but I have not given him everything. And on this Father's Day, I want the Holy Spirit more than anything else. I want my kids and my grandkids to know that as for me in my life, I'm serving God. That's you today. Man or woman, but hear me, I think there's a lot of men that need to do this. And I think there's others in here, you have, you have addictions, you have these generational things, your dad was in it, your granddad was in it, your grandpa was in it, your great-grandpa was in it. Whether it was adultery, whether it was, whether it was drugs, whether it was alcohol, whether it was lying, stealing, cheating, greed. I feel like today, hear me very clearly, if you would respond to God, He would break something off of your family for future generations. I see a new bloodline coming over families today, and it's the blood of the Lamb. Come on, it's the blood of the Lamb. So hear me clear, I don't do this very often, but I feel something in here today. I, I know it's uncomfortable, I know it's outside of the comfort zone, but usually we only walk on the water when we get, on the, when we get out there. And I, there's some water walkers in this church. Hear me. If you say, Mark, that's me, I'm not, I haven't given them everything. Or there's some things in my family line that need to die with my previous generation. My kids aren't gonna fight those giants. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take their heads off. I'm taking the head off of, of lying, sleeping around, of cheating, of greed, of, of whatever it is that your family has in your bloodline. Have you ever noticed that when you go to the doctors, they have you fill out on that clipboard that's uh, 400 years old? Every time you go in, they make you check the boxes of what runs in your family because things run through your bloodline. But I, I just prophetically, I feel like God wants to give you a new bloodline today. Cut off the addiction. Yeah, the perversion. Whatever it is, come on, a new bloodline today. It doesn't mean you won't be tempted after today. It means that there'll be an authority given to you to say no. Flee the devil. If that's you today, you haven't gone all in. Or you need to give God, you're, you're saying, Mark, please, please cut those addictions off my family that's you today, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to lift your hands really high where you are. We're going to be brave today for this. Why don't you be brave? There's things that need to be cut off today, my family. Off my family today. Really, come on, we're just, come on, please. Holy moment, holy moment. If someone's hands up next to you right now, your hand is not up, I want you to lay your hand on their shoulder right now. Let's go ahead, lay your hand on their shoulder right now, all over this room, all over this room, all over this room. We're going to do some battle right now. Come on, get ready. Get ready, Oceans Church. We're taking authority right now your hands on their body right now. Come on, just say, in Jesus Christ's name, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we command everything that's not of God in this family to be broken off. In Jesus Christ's name, we appropriate the blood that evicts demons, kicks out darkness, and fills them with his marvelous light. The blood of Jesus, blood of the Lamb, from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. We rebuke doubt, unbelief, a jaded heart, a dark heart. Fill them now with a new heart. Fill them, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. He's doing something right now. Come on, he's doing something right now. If you believe he's doing it, come on, give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. We're about out of here. Last thing we do, some of you that raised your hands, I feel strong today. I always say there's like seven women at least, at least, and there's probably like 14 to 15 men.
most of which are fathers, that you need to give your life fully to God. You probably just raised your hand. Some of you didn't. But this is the one you need to respond to. I need to make up my mind today to make God my number one, to make God my priority. My kids aren't going to do what I say. They're going to do as I do. If you want to come on, model to your family that as for me in my life, I'm going to live for Jesus. I don't have the Bible figured out yet. I don't know everything about Christianity yet, but I know that God is real and I want him to guide my life. I want you to raise your hand all over these tents online, right? Heart, H-E-A-R-T, in the tents. I want you to raise your hand. I believe there's seven men and there's 13 to 15 men, or seven women and 13 to 15 men. You ready to go? You ready to go? On the count of three, eyes closed, heads bowed, Spirit of God, meet him right now. Lead him right now. Give him brave right, courage right now. In Jesus' name. One, hands start going up. I'll give you three seconds. Two, that's me. This is my day. Three, real high. One woman, two women, three women, four women, five women, six women. Keep it up, keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. Seven women, seven women. Keep it up, keep it up. Guys, I see you. One, two, three, four. Real high, real, real high, real high. Five, yeah, real high. Six, real high. Keep it up. Seven, eight, nine, nine men, nine men. pray this prayer those people that raise raise their hands not listen this is this is the this is the front door this is where god comes in so we're praying this prayer all over the tent as we close we say jesus we declare today that you are our god we honor the father we believe in the son and we lift our hands and we receive the holy spirit we need you Speak to us as we read our Bibles. Plug us in to a healthy church and give us friends that love you more than we do. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. He's healing people right now. There's someone that you have like some sort of like a degenerate condition in your vocal cords. You're losing your voice. Doctors say it's probably never going to come back. God's healing your throat right now. Someone in here, like you have like a, you have some sort of big platform, big ministry, you help a lot of people, but there's something that's off inside of your heart right now. There's like something that your dad struggled with that's been haunting you lately. And God is healing your heart right now. He's healing your mind right now. And uh, God says you're going to be as pure on the outside as you are on the inside and as pure on the inside as you are on the outside. Healing right now. Healing right now. Yeah, there's someone that's like standing here. You had some sort of uh, involvement with like a lumber company or something like with wood. I just see like, like you were involved with forest industry or something like that. And God today said, I'm going to actually guard. It's almost like you spent your life guarding um, national like land and, and property and like, uh, like, I don't know, just you were good at guarding the earth. And uh, somehow you were good at guarding that, but you weren't necessarily like, you, you let a lot of things into your own heart. And I feel like the Lord today said, I'm guarding you, Stan. And I'm going to bring you back. And there's things that you, you, the devil cut down in your life that I'm going to bring back. And it's going to regrow. And he's speaking to you in your own language because he wants you to know that he knows you. He sees you. And even with some of the stuff that happened with your spouse, with your kid, God's doing a new thing in your life, Stan. And you watch, and you turn all the way to him, and he'll actually restore the years that the enemy has stolen from you. In Jesus' name. Come on, need healing in your body. Lift your hands. Healing, physical cancer, ALS. Yeah, raise your hand, raise your hand. Some sort of degenerate digestive disease. I pray right now, heal. Muscle atrophy, raise your hand. I pray you would heal. Someone's hands up next to you, put their hand, put your hand on their shoulder. Someone's hands up. We pray one last quick prayer, one last quick prayer. Say, Jesus, we declare that healing is your children's bread. Feed them today with a good report, a miracle, a sign and a wonder and we'll give you all the glory we'll give you all the honor and we'll give you all the praise in Jesus name if you love it, come on, give them a good hand clap today thanks for listening to our podcast have a great week